You should see it go live after. Good morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It is Wednesday, the 19th of September, 2018. The Business Leadership Podcast Live is a live radio call-in show where I speak to business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to discuss the latest innovations, current events, or best practices that will help you personally and professionally grow. Thank you for joining. I am Edwin Frondozo, and and I have um, and I have uh, my co-host today, who's just joining in. Um, her name is Melody Sudka. She is the founder of Capacity Creator. She's also the founder of Ego Cake, a framework and coaching platform to transform high-achieving individuals from overcommitting and thriving in their current environment. Sounds like something like me. She, she's an award-winning professor of entrepreneurship and international business. Melanie is also pursuing her dream of writing a book so where she shares a suite of tools intended to guide people through the discovery of their personal capacity and how to respect it. So with that, obviously our topic, maybe not obvious, but our topic today will be on personal <clears throat> capacity and how we respect it and how we abuse it. If you are joining us live, we'd love to hear from you. Join our conversation by pressing join dialogue at the top in the browser or ask a question, create a comment uh, directly in the browser and we'll definitely get to that. Uh, Melanie, how are you doing today? I am great, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Thank you for joining. I know we had a little technical difficulties going on, but uh, I mean, without technology, we wouldn't be able to do this, but with technology, comes issues as well but it, it it calls for an exciting morning as well but i'm i've been really excited to to get you on the call melanie because i know when we first connected we started talking about different things and doing that but uh how is how's the how's the rest of your week going it is going fantastic um i can't complain i mean yes you're right when we spoke on the phone for the first time we were instantly kindred souls I think we just had a lot of the same types of passions and um you know i think writing the book might be on your horizon as well uh oh are you putting uh, it out are you putting it out in uh, in the public space right now it could I be totally yes. am. i totally am <laughs> we said we would do this together so we're gonna do it i love it i love it um <laughs> and now this is the capacity creator with a uh, concept that we should be going over is how do we how do we how do we write this book as we're doing busy things <laughs> and doing things but uh maybe that's what we should really talk about but let's just let's just get into things um with regards to capacity time management i mean i'm a student of this um i know when we talked i'm always looking for ways to to free up my time and really focus on things that are of high value right i mean as an entrepreneur i'm you know sometimes i'm doing admin work when i shouldn't be right so how right. I mean, I just want to, I want to just jump in. How, how can you relate to an adrenaline junkie, I guess, when it comes to capacity creating? Did I, did I lose you? Hey, I hear you. Okay. Um, you're going to have to repeat that entire question because I think I was muted. Oh, <laughs> You were muted and uh, something happened. Anyways, I, I have a question here. I know this was something that you had talked about, but I wanted to talk about how can you relate to an adrenaline junkie? Ah, 
well, that's that's part of my whole reason for being. Um, that's just something that you know I, I speak about. That is part of of who I am, um, and it's about managing that. And so, an adrenaline junkie is just, you know, athletes could probably attest to this. Um, business people could attest to this. Anybody who has a passion that brings them this visceral feeling mm-hmm. that they just get this natural high off of um, can can relate to this. And it's it's you're never satiated, right? It's it's the quench, it's the it's the chase of of getting more, of doing more. And I think when it comes to adrenaline junkie in this case, it's about what is the next challenge that I can conquer. And I wrote about this a little bit in a chapter where I, where I, you know, co-wrote a book, um, and it was all about it was all about how do you temper that in a healthy way, but mm-hmm. without losing your edge. So what were you finding? Like, I mean, like, are, do people lose edges when they're trying to figure things out, or, 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 or like, what are the best practices like that? It's so individual, Edwin, right? In terms of, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to curb it too much, but um, the adrenaline typically, if it's used in a productive way, channels your energies, your productive and your your creative energies. Um, so really learning to 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 just channel it, I guess, I get just to repeat myself in terms of when are you going when are you going to be most productive? How do you channel that adrenaline to make you create something of value to um to to get the most output the most quality output of high value that you possibly can so there's there's some discernment there's some capacity management in that um there's a lot that goes into it and i think it's a lifelong practice sure for sure i mean for me before when i was first an entrepreneur and maybe maybe i'd get your thoughts on that i used to i used to work late nights and for some reason Maybe it's because I put off the important work till the end of the day or till to the late night, and I would start working on that stuff. But now I've been an entrepreneur almost thirteen years, going on fourteen. Now all this high value creative work, I I kind of schedule now between nine and eleven in the morning, like like when yes. I'm when I'm like super fresh, super energetic. I try not to do admins. I, I really I don't even try to do emails until the afternoon. Um, I'm getting better at that, actually, at that practice. But um, I mean, well, is that I, what you, is that what you're finding as well when it comes to maybe not sports, but I guess to to business leaders or people within that type of capacity? Yes, you're absolutely right. And there's something within that ritual, that morning ritual, that a lot of um, big names out there are speaking of. I mean, Robin Sharma is somebody mm-hmm. who I follow, and you know, I, I I love his systems. And he has you know the five a.m. club. He has the twenty 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 rule, right? So before you do anything in the morning, you have twenty minutes dedicated to exercise, and it has all of these cognitive and creative and um, physical uh, benefits to it. You have twenty minutes of reading and learning something, so that you can just get that mind going and. Then you have another 20 minutes of planning your day so that you set yourself up for success. So this is before looking at email, before indulging in social media. Um, it's that that is just what you need to do. Mel Robbins is another big name out there who does talk about some of these curbing distractions and really, you know, taking advantage of your best hours. 
in the morning and that's you know putting your phone for example in the washroom or where it's not beside your you beside your bedside so mm-hmm. that you don't get caught up in other people's needs wants and you know just just what they are looking for like you are focused on yourself to to really insulate that day yeah no for sure i mean i practice that i mean i do have a phone beside me because i use the sleep app but it's like my old iphone 4 like this i don't even have <laughs> i don't even have wi-fi i mean i have wi-fi <laughs> it, but i turn it off so, sure. so my, my phone my ipad everything is in the next room in the office I don't have anything like that. Um, my wife used to do that, but now she brought back her phone because she gets up a bit earlier than me, so she just uses it for alarm as well. But it, right. it's a practice that we want to show as well for my young daughter, like don't go to sleep with these phones or whatnot right. in, in front of you, right? Um, so how do you personally manage your capacity, Mel- Melanie? Oh, again, um, it's it's a lifelong practice, and I have the same question for you, but I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, I'll just quickly, you know, give the listeners a bit of a background in terms of, like, what is what is capacity? What does it mean? Like, why are people so, you know, why am I so interested in it? And I just have this natural curiosity to understand how people commit um, and, you know, their commitment patterns and their overindulgent tendencies. And I'm so deeply curious about the systems that people use to manage that capacity because everybody will be different. And everybody, there's a cycle, right? And I, and I can explain this later, but there is a, a definite cycle in, in our capacity structures um, that I have found commonality uh, within most people. For me personally, what has worked is I am not a morning person whatsoever. I never have been. (laughs) However, (laughs) I have um, flipped that. I have found the most energy, the most creative spot in waking up the same time every morning. Now, listen, I have never been a person to do this, Mm -hmm. but I had to make that decision um, and I'll tell you where that comes from. It comes from Brendan Burchard. I just saw him speak at the Archangel uh, Summit last weekend. Yeah, I follow um, him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, he's just a brilliant person who can deconstruct complex human issues and make them so manageable um, and digestible. So he just talked about one of his six habits and um, or one of his key habits, and it's necessity. And that struck a chord with me because managing our capacity has to be linked to something bigger than time management. And I want to talk about that too, because I know you have time hacks, time management, but mm-hmm. capacity is different than time management. Okay. So for me, the necessity to get up in the morning and get my butt to the gym, um, start my day and, and having it already planned from Sunday night allows me to get so much more done and keep me in an optimal capacity state of mind. No, for sure. I mean, that makes sense. Um, but when you talk about capacity and the necessity, like, I mean, I have different. I mean, when I think of necessity in my life, n- what's ne- necessary is me for like family time and spending yes. quality time and eating and exercise, like, and just meditate, like, just being the best myself. And then, of course, work and hitting my goals and stuff like that. But I mean, in my in my in my past, it was always about like these the to-do list to hit these goals and and I've gotten better and I mean I guess for me for my habits is is definitely having a morning routine I subscribe to like a 5 5 30 in the morning type routine the one that 
that I have followed is I'm not sure if you ever heard of uh, Hal Elrod, his book, Miracle Mornings. It's very yes. similar to um, Robin Sharma's, but he does like the six, like you do six every, what he found in his research that is the most successful, the most productive people do three of six things. Um, it was, it would either be, um, he calls it savers. So S is for scribing, oh, silence. So meditation A is for affirmations. V is for visualization. E is for uh, exercise. R is for reading. S is for scribing, journaling. So what nice. he found was, yeah. So what he found was m the most in history, most people did at least three of those. So when he wrote a book, he's like, why don't you do all of them? I mean, <laughs> you could do all of them for five minutes each and that's half an hour. You know, he has a hack when you're getting into it. It's like, do the six minute savers, one minute silence, one minute uh, affirmation, one minute visualization, do like, 10, 10 sit-ups. But if you do six of these, all six of them, you feel amazing in the morning that you're accomplished um, your your full self. Like you're you're ready to of rock yes. because you you invested in you now. Um, but and Edwin, we can we can talk about this till we go blue in the face. Yes. The reality is, and this is from personal experience, is that I have been told to do this for decades. Okay, <laughs> not decades, like I'm only 40. But anyways, but yeah, so but we've been told right, it's like Mel, you gotta do this, this is how you're gonna optimize your day. The research, the science has told us that. Yes. But when I come back to necessity and to your point, that's when it made me put all of this into action. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Like I was flying by the seat of my, my pants. The adrenaline junkie in me was hanging on for survival. Um, so you, you, you can't go on that way forever. And you start to realize that your body says, you know what, um, I'm going to slow you down. And that's what started to happen is that my, my body wasn't necessarily keeping up with me. Um, and so the necessity to be healthy for my family, to be healthy, to be a productive, engaging community member and a business person was where that just struck such a, a, a chord with me. And I just want to draw a quick um, parallel from necessity to motivation mm -hmm. because, you know, we're like, we always wait to be motivated. Like, oh yeah, one day I'll do it when I'm motivated. And another great thing from Mel Robbins, which um, I follow as well. She talks about how motivation is absolute garbage, right? And so there's different theories on there, but this was one that I had thought that made me ponder a little too. So she describes motivation as being garbage because when we have to do something difficult, difficult like waking up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. and going to the gym and you know being disciplined, that's hard. That's why yes. less than 10% of the population do that. We are not motivated to do that just out of thin air. And so things that are hard, our primal brain says, don't do that. It protects us from the difficult things. Yes. So when we wait for motivation, it doesn't work. You have to find a reason. And you said it's like family time, being a great, you know, high performing business person. That's why we do it. Yeah, no, totally agree. And, and I, I, for me to get into those um, sort of disciplines also, being sort of, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm a hundred percent full A type, but I'm pretty goal oriented. But for sure. me to, for me to start running, I needed to sign up to races <laughs> or, or yes. marathons. I mean, I ultimately just started, you know, I signed up to a 5k, then I did 10k and then, and then a half marathon and then I do a marathon. <laughs> but for me before in the past, I was never a runner. So you can, no. you could tell me nothing. I'm not going to run. I'm <laughs> 
I, it, that's why am I running in a circle and just coming back where I started? Like that was like whatever excuse people tell me now, I used to say it. Right. Um, but it, it's it's interesting because as soon as you sign up and it's not expensive, it could be anywhere between 50, 100. Like once you sign up, something changes in my mind. Oh, I have a goal. I have a mission. I have something. Yes. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this run because, um, yeah, I probably could walk a whole marathon without training, but that's going to be the <laughs> longest day in my life. Exactly. <laughs> but if I'm going to train, you know, do something, you know, have a decent time. I know I have goals and I, and I did that. It's funny. I just posted that in my private Facebook group um, about, you know, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, um, you're just going to get the same results because when yeah. I ran the Chicago marathon last year, I just trained the same way I did the New York marathon and, and it was even worse, my result. <laughs> so it's like, you really have to change, but yeah, just back to your point, like I had that goal or that motive, not, not motivation, um, necessity. My, it was, I had to finish these races. So, I mean, that's, that, that's a great insight and that's a great point. Um, I guess for you, Melanie, what is your biggest distracting habit now? Ah, see, these are the questions I wanted to ask you, right? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll answer it too. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love how, yeah, we're going back and forth. Uh, my distracting habit in, you know, full transparency as always is probably, is probably not being as disciplined with social media as I could be. Mm -hmm. So checking in to see how, um, how my social media strategies are working um, which then sucks you into a big dark hole um, because then once you get onto social media it's really hard to just look at the one thing that you were intending to look at and then not not go look at anything else so I find that that definitely is something that I need to pay more attention to and I think most listeners who have a similar issue, You need to look at it. You need to turn around and see who's tapping you on the shoulder. So I think that would be something that um, I really do try to put some some hacks in place, but I still struggle with that. I could I could totally agree. I mean, social media. There's it's a lot of part of my not my work, but I mean, because I'm creating content all the time, social media is an amazing medium. Uh, but crazy enough, and maybe it's because I'm building up my team, Melly. I am. Um, I have I've been posting a lot more than I have ever in my past, but it's because I have a team to do it now. <laughs> yes. um, so but so it's it's a matter of me getting on there and responding to the questions or the comments. Um, but one thing that helped me and I, I did I did this last summer. I remember I posted it on LinkedIn that I was going to just get rid of all social media off my uh, off my cell phone. My mobile phone smartphone. Yes. Right? Let's go with yes. it. Right? Let's go. So <laughs> so I did it. Man, so that was a crazy experiment because the first day I did that, I went to I went to the store. I think I went to go buy a coffee at Tim Hortons. And if you're not if you're listening from and you're not from Canada, Tim Hortons is a coffee shop. And I just remember feeling myself fidgety because I didn't know what to do while I was in line. I wanted to look at my right. phone. I have nothing to look at. I mean, I had email. Yes. Email is just I was so 
nervous. I didn't know what to do. There's so many studies on this. And, and, and that's exactly it too. And when they went to coffee shops and they went to fast food restaurants and people anywhere, actually people standing in line, even retail, and they evaluated what people did and they watched and observed while, while standing in line. And 98% of people were on their phone because oh. they can't stand just standing there with nothing to do. I mean, we've trained our brains to it's not even productive, but to do something, to look, to it's, occupy our time. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But so it I did is. that and I did at least a month, but slowly, yeah, slowly some apps came back. So I went yes. to meetings and I realized I needed LinkedIn. Like, who am I meeting again? So I needed LinkedIn. Right. So that came back. And then I, I go to many events. So I wanted to tweet. So Twitter came back. And then as soon as Twitter, as soon as I finished that event, I deleted it. So that was an ongoing thing for a while until I gave up and said, I'm just keeping Twitter on because I'm getting more disciplined on social media when I'm away from the computer. Um, and then eventually Instagram came back. Oh, my God. <laughs> but Facebook has not came back yet for a year now. So that's... Well you know what's good about that, though, is I think there's something to be said if you compare it to doing a health cleanse. You can totally do a social media cleanse um, more often than not, right? Or, or you know, the, the intermittent fasting, if you will. I mean, that, you know, what we do in our in our health, health lives, we could probably do in our social media lives, too, which might actually help us understand our usage patterns. No, for sure. If you're just joining us um, live, what we're discussing is capacity creation, um, which is a little different from time management. I had just learned from uh, my co-host Melanie. And if you have any questions, comments, or even even any any ideas about doing a social media cleanse, definitely put it in the comments below. Join us live. If you are listening to this on the replay, we're always happy to hear comments, thoughts uh, from you. So reach out to Melanie or myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is such an interesting concept. Anything else did you want to bring up? You want to ask me maybe? I don't know. Maybe not too hard of a question. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do for sure. So I have um, somebody who has texted me a question. Nice. <laughs> um, so that's not on our dialogue here, but it's so they're so they want they they're, they're asking me to explain the difference between time management and capacity. And I couldn't be happier to do that because I've been wanting to do that. Capacity. Okay, so time management is is pretty pretty firm. I mean, it it it's, it has a time. You follow it. It's it's not elastic. Whereas capacity is elastic, right? And and I'm writing about this right now in terms of capacity elasticity. So if you picture putting an elastic between your two index fingers and then pulling, so creating some sort of tension, right? If you stretch the elastic, which represents capacity, too far, the elastic will snap and that hurts. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we do with our capacity. When we are overstretched, overindulged, overcommitted, this is what happens. We can't actually do it. So if we don't stretch it enough, then the elastic looks pretty limp and really under leveraged, right? So it's really about finding that perfect tension, that optimal capacity where we feel like we can manage it all. Like we are really in a zone. So I don't know how that feels for you in terms of a visual. No, I have my, my I have my index fingers out right now. I mean, that, yeah. that, <laughs> that's the greatest <laughs> visual. So how do you, do you have tools or insights in terms of really finding that perfect I, I um, capacity that perfect stretch mark, not stretch mark, but how far you could stretch, stretch before. Oh, yeah, God, those are tightly, Edward. 
I've lost you. I no, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't hear what you said after I yelled out stretch mark into the computer. But. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I apologize. My wife will will kill me when she hears this. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. No, I know. I was I was asking like, what are the tools to find that actual optimal yes. optimal capacity for for anyone? Well, I have an assessment that is almost ready to be launched. And it really takes you through a series of questions to better understand where you fit. And I've developed, based on my research, basing, based on talking to people, based on the people I've coached, um, you know, and just all the things that I'm reading, there's four types of capacity. Um, there's four profiles. So it's a bit of a matrix and it has four quadrants. So there's indulgent capacity. And if you're in indulgent capacity, and here's where I want you to tell your listeners, Edwin, where you most likely or, or most relate to. So the first one's indulgent capacity. This is where we're impulsive, we're overcommitted, we're adrenaline seeking, um, you know, we're distracted by the next big thing. When this happens for too long, we end up now going into the profile, which I call fatigued capacity. So our motivation is low. Um, we're immobilized in terms of decision-making and we're basically in a resignation zone. There are things that we just have to pull ourselves away from. So we're just, you know, we've misplaced our why, okay? When we are finally able to pull ourselves out of that, we end up in the third profile, which is reserved capacity. So we're more meth methodical and analytical. We're more reserved. We're a bit still in recovery mode. Um, and we may miss opportunities here due to analysis paralysis because we do not want to go back to fatigue capacity. I refer to this as like, you know, when you if for the people who drink out there um, or even overindulge in sweets or, or chips, when you overindulge and at the end of the night or at the end of the day, you're like, oh, my God, I will never do this again. Like that I'm hurting so bad. And the next morning you're like, I will never do that again. Um, I feel like that's what you know, that's kind of the cycle that you're in. So, you you, you know, you're, you're a bit more cautious Then the, the fourth quadrant is the maximize the optimal capacity one this is where you can seek and select opportunities well you can easily say no and you have such a strong and healthy decision making power and so there is a cycle because you can cycle through all four of these three of these quadrants you can go back and forth but optimally like optimally you want to be in the maximized optimal capacity profile yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've been through all four of them already. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> it's I, uh, true, we do. Sometimes, I th I think I'm either between three or four. I've been I've been into really super unmotivated, had too much things on my plate. Um, I know when I had launched the podcast, and earlier this year, I had to make the decision to focus more on on this on this platform this business leadership platform where most of my time was going to my my tech startup slingshot uh, where i was the main person there but because you know that's set in place it's growing not growing as fast 
you know, do I step away and put more focus on something that's becoming a rocket ship? So I struggled with that, mm -hmm. but now I'm in that and I'm more methodical. Like you said, mm -hmm. I know, I know where the opportunities are coming from. I am saying no to things, um, but I, I still have a lot of things on my plate, but I'm, I'm getting better at it now. So that's where I, I mean, to answer where you think I am. Yeah, that no, and it's amazing. And I think, you know, it's it's just this tool will serve um, people in terms of understanding where they land most often, what their tendencies will point them to. And then I have other tools and resources to help them wherever they are in that matrix. How do we get to that optimal uh, capacity zone? Because when you're in optimal capacity zone, you are truly a high performer. Why? I'm excited to do that. Uh, when, when when is that going to be ready? Do you have a do? Do I have to keep you honest on this? Oh my gosh, you, you probably do. But yeah, I have a, a soft launch date. Uh, will be early November. Okay. Well, be sure to let us know because I'd love to try it. I'd love to share it with my community as well because this sounds like a tool Thank that you. almost everyone should should be trying. Um, but uh, really slow. Um, looking to shut down the show this episode it's been great but any final tips that you could share with the emerging business leader entrepreneurs that, that may be listening today and maybe struggling with capacity yeah it's again it's such an individual piece but i think you know if i could end with this and, and i do and this is something that i that i tell a lot of people is take the time to and it doesn't take very long, but take the time to identify your three top roles in life. What are the three top roles that you play in your life? And you have to prioritize them um, from the most important down to the third most important. And within those roles, I urge people to really write down the goals that they want to accomplish within those roles that they play. And that helps like that's one of the tools one of many tools that helps people start to crystallize where they make decisions from because i think the biggest thing is that people are they just that foundation is muddy um it, it's not as clear as they would want it to be but when you start and stop to think about what roles do you play and what are those top goals in your life as they relate to those roles this is where you can make consistent decisions from no, that's great. Well, I appreciate appreciate your time today, Melanie. And I think you and I should schedule another time to talk about this or maybe specific um, questions or comments or even when your tool comes out. We'd love to even discuss it even again at that time because this is something that, like you said, it's a cycle. I mean, you could be an optimal, but maybe to next week I'm not an optimal again, right? So, so yeah, you so, fall into it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. But where can you share where we could find more information about you, your work, or anything you'd like to share with us today? Sure thing, because I also have a podcast called Capacity Creator. So we're just going into season two, but you can find all of that um, and my contact information at Melanie Sodka, like vodka with an S, yes. dot com <laughs> or capacitycreator.com. Awesome. Well, Melanie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Loved having you as a co-host today. Um, so be sure to, we should be sure to make sure that we we connect again and, and love to have you again. Thank you so much, Edwin. It has been a true pleasure as well. And I can't wait to uh, keep ourselves honest with our book writing. Uh, that's <laughs> it. You heard it here first. Thanks Got a lot, it. Melanie. You're welcome. Thank you.
Um, the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It's an almost daily show, so be sure to catch us every Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out my podcast. It's called The Business Leadership Podcast, where I sit down with business leaders to discuss their personal journey and experience when it comes to business leadership. New episode drops every Tuesday. You can catch it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But that's a wrap. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day, everybody. Have a fantastic week. Edwin signing off.